I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work. But it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. My name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 190 of the No Encore Music Podcast. It's me and Craig. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween-ish. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, when we record, we're recording this a day early. It's a special one. We're going to try and turn it around a day early because I just couldn't fucking wait anymore, man. <laughs> Kanye West, Jesus is King. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it pretty much at the start of the Album show. Album of the motherfucking year, man. Maybe. Yeah, let's just oh, Sorry for the blasphemy. No, it's okay. Uh, you haven't been engaging in premarital sex, have you? Uh, no. Because when we do this podcast, I, I, I trust that you will remain celibate unless you are, in fact... <laughs> For in the a, duration of the podcast. In a marriage. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Okay, that's the first shout. Okay, so let's do the preamble, will we? Oh, no Dahi, by the way. Uh, yeah, Dahi do- hasn't returned as yet, but... He's very just, busy. It'll make his return that much sweeter. Should have him next week, though, when yeah, you're away. You're going hard. to Amsterdam. I've got to go to a stag. You love a European stag. Do I really? You do a lot of I'm them. I'm too old for it, mate. It's just because I'm a person that like gets invited to stags and goes. As I learned, I'm one of the few. Um, so yeah, it'll be a limited crew going to Amsterdam. I hear they have nice museums. Maybe I'll see them this time. I went. Yeah, I went there a year ago for Nine Inch Nails. It's a very cool city. Oh, yeah. Have you been? Have you not been? Yeah, yeah. But I was there for a stag previously, so I didn't see much of the, you know, the Dahi culture. Dahi and I went to a great museum, which I'll dig out for you. It's very cool. They okay. have big floating blocks. Probably gone now, but it was it was good a year and a half. Floated off. Probably, yeah. Okay, so uh, we floated to the cinema together. We made good on our promise. It was a lovely day, yeah. 
Um, what was initially me dragging my dad to his, um, I don't know, half decade excursion to the cinema became my annual excursion to cinema with you, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I'm trying to think, I must have been to the cinema this year already. Can't recall you saying you. Endgame. That was this year, wasn't it? It was, yeah. <laughs> Don't point <laughs> Prolific. your finger. <laughs> Prolific. Twice in a year. We went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We did. I think it was the last screening in Dublin, possibly. It was the very last screening. 35mm yeah. lighthouse. And I remember on the show, I was like, half five lighthouse guys, come join us. The film was at half two. <laughs> yeah, end, so if so. you turned up at half five, sorry, apologies. We were in a pub nearby at that point. Yeah. So I've already waxed very lyrical about how much I like this film. The only thing I will add to it now is to say that... Third time seeing it, I'd go a fourth. I think it's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, I said to you when we came out of it, I think it might be the perfect Tarantino film. Just in terms of it kind of encapsulates everything he's about. The subject matter is perfect for him and he pulls it off really well. I was surprised how much I liked it. Um, definitely the film of like most of his, I think, this side of the millennium bug scare. <laughs> You're still not over that, <laughs> yeah, I'm still not over that, man. It was great, yeah. it was like It's, it's like a good hangout film right it's very loose it's all about the cinematography like some mates might ask me about it afterwards and i was like yeah it's just you know it's just brad pitt and um leonardo DiCaprio hanging out like gorgeous cinematography and you're like oh what where's the plot but the plot was good as well um to steal a thing from the ringers rewatchables podcast who won the movie oh dicaprio right do you think so i think it's pet um pitt probably pulled out his best performance of all time but I still think, I don't know, DiCaprio was amazing. The kind of like the stutter in his voice as well when he's unsure of things. It's just like he felt like very a real impressive. Person. Yeah, you um, get that straight away when he meets Pacino. Yeah, very much so. But I think Tarantino stole it. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> agree with all the controversy now? Some of the. Um, what's the particular well, standout? I mean, doing it in the first place, uh, the Bruce Lee stuff. I was, cons- I was worried about it. The Bruce Lee stuff didn't really worry me. The stuff around Bruce Lee seems to be more concerned with the audience reaction to what he does which I don't think was felt at our viewing. Um, and certainly didn't Pretty, feel uh, like, fairly close to packed showing as well for like yeah, a film really was. for two and a half months. But what, when I left it, I was like, I would watch that again right yeah, now. I know, right? Um, it's I, I, very like, odd. Have you been thinking much about it? Because it stayed in my head like... Yeah, yeah, very much so. But it's mainly the takeaways of just different moments. Like that scene where it's like dusk and all the lights are coming on, the signage around Hollywood, just kind of passages like that where like, oh yeah very evocative yeah i it's loved good, it good stuff so yeah if you like it when i talk about movies good news <laughs> there was a recent episode of no popcorn which i'm sure you found in your feeds on the fanatic and uh, there's gonna be another one very very soon in the yes. next few days on the rocky horror picture show which i'm recording tomorrow today whatever i don't know it'll be out soon hope you enjoy it um yeah let's we're gonna we're gonna break from form and we're just going to jump right into the album review, Craig, because it has to happen. It's a biggie. The last, for it. <laughs> the last episode was called Has Kanye Dropped the Album Yet? And he has. <laughs> he has. Now, before we play it in, uh, why don't we talk about our, our reactions in terms of like when we first received it? Because, oh yeah, to update okay, from yeah. last week, of course, by the way, because I had some people ask me. Um, no, I did not go to London. <laughs> I went oh, to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what happened God, was... God, that seems like a million years ago. It does, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. when I got home that night, by the way, at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I'm due into work for seven. I get an email at 10 o'clock saying, Hi Dave, this has been cancelled. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Imagine I had to book the flights. I know. That would have been just... Chaos. So I went to work, so right? nothing went ahead. 
right? He wasn't in London. He no. wasn't anywhere, really. He did no. a few interviews, but they all seemed pre-recorded, right? The Zane Lowe thing definitely was. He I popped up he on Big Kimmel. Big Boy thing. Yeah, yeah, Kimmel. I missed all that kind he of stuff. He did Airpool Karaoke, which I'll never watch in my life, Oh, ever. James Corden, yeah. I've yeah. just seen the, the kind of selfie of Corden and, like, Kanye in the background looking very, very bored mm. um, with his position. So... I mean, at least I contented myself by being like, I'm getting up at half five in the morning, I'm going to go to work. It's going to be pitch dark and cold, I'm going to be on the bus. At least I'll have the album. <laughs> nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't believe you expected it that early. Hey, he said midnight. He said coming out at midnight, midnight American time, 5 a.m. Oh, did he say midnight? Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah, yeah. On his Twitter feed. It was always going to be Mike Dean just blazing up a doobie and fucking working through the night America so time. I got which, up, yeah. and it's not there, and I'm on the bus. I'm like, okay. And as I'm on the bus at 20 past six or so, I look at I look at Twitter, just see what the reaction is. Can't and believe it turns you just out, said doobie, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> blazing up a doobie. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Amsterdam, here I go, I'm sorry. So get this, right? Yeah, um, yeah they have those. Uh, basically... <laughs> I look at the phone and it turns out Kanye has tweeted and basically was like, hey, to all my fans, thanks for the patience. We're working on, we're not sleeping until this album is done. Specifically, we're working on mixes for three tracks and he named the tracks. It was like a corporate update. So that was at 20 past six in the morning our time. The album arrived at 5 p.m. Yeah. (laughs) It's also worth pointing out that like this is a completely self-imposed deadline that he's, you know, the deadlines keep moving, but like. I guess maybe he feels psychologically, unless he has a set time, he'll just never get it done. But really, take your time, mate. So it was a day of checking Spotify, you on KanyeTilla.com, I presume? Oh yeah, where people were defenestrating themselves, essentially, (laughs) (laughs) to use your favourite term. It is my favourite term. Yeah, uh, things were, there was absolutely carnage in there. There was a breakaway website, uh, KTT2.com. What? Um, Yeah. Um, It was, it was slurred the flies over there. Jesus. Um. But I was confident it would be a kind of 5pm-ish arrival. And that's Thus when, approved. That is when it happened, right? And I was working till four. I was roaming the streets of Dublin with... And man, it was lashing rain. It was dark. It was moody. It was horrible. I had a fucking hole in my shoe. I was just miserable. And I had to go to a football match that night. And I was like, I just want to go home. You and then the I just warmth saw, of Jesus Christ, your then Lord then and Saviour. The WhatsApp group lights up and everyone's like, it's out, it's out, it's out. My phone won't connect to the internet. And I'm like, this is just painful. Absolutely painful. <laughs> What are we talking about? Well, you know at this age we're talking about. It's Jesus is King. It's Kanye West. It sounds like this. Nobody slay. Stand up for my home. Even if I take this walk alone. I bow down to the king upon the throne. That was a live version of Closed on Sunday, one of the tracks on this record, and that was done on Jimmy Kimmel. And yeah, I don't know where to start, and I don't want this to be too sprawling like a Kanye West album, but ultimately, you couldn't move for the hot takes. The hot takes were out as soon as the album was out. There was threads on Twitter, there were reviews, people had made up their mind pretty fast. And I didn't want to make my mind pretty fast on this one. I was like, I want to at least give it a good few spins, a few days if possible, but... It became apparent to me fairly quickly after a couple of listens, and again, I was like, I'm reticent to even make any judgment right now, but I was just like, I just don't think that there's much here. 
This feels yeah. like stitches of ideas. This feels very unfinished in a lot of different respects. Now, we had very, very similar kind of narrative with Yay, which, of course, came out last year. An album I haven't really revisited, but I and I remember one of the takeaways in our group chat was someone saying, "It's def- this is definitely better than Yay. And I was like, well, look, I'll take that. I don't think it is. Really? That's I interesting. I don't think it me. is. No. I mean, narratively, yes, I would agree. Uh, lyrically, we're in a kind of a very shallow pool of kind of... Um, religious platitudes whereas Ye obviously had that very striking opening uh, where he opened up about his mental health you had the likes of Ghost Town that aside though I felt Ye was pretty feeble musically um, which is kind of what you should expect from an album that was turned around in two weeks right he just like kind of completely canned everything he had previously I think this is much stronger musically just because it's based on actually solid foundations of like ideas he's been working on for a year at least. Now, I think he's scuppered and sabotaged his own work to a huge degree. And again, he's completely changed course in terms of the narrative around the album. But that shows through more, I think, lyrically than it does musically. Um, so like pluses for this are, I think it's richer and kind of infinitely more playable than Ye. Um, like I've listened to this over and over again. It didn't feel draining as an experience to me like i think he still has that kind of midas touch just in terms of production uh, i won't get on to the mixing we'll talk about that later because it's a shambles but there's kind of touches of just very few kind of touches of like genius under production there's a huge amount of potential and i think the potential thing becomes one of its biggest um minuses because I was kind of like sick to my stomach having heard some of the leaks from the Andy session um, and being excited about where he's going musically just with what's transpired um, because this kind of vault face into becoming essentially a pastor, I don't know, a tax-exempt pastor <laughs> is very odd. It's kind of what I was hoping wouldn't happen, that he just kind of completely changed his mind and head off in a different direction very soon prior to the release of something which he's done and i think it's kind of it's made jesus as king a bit of a failure relatively speaking for him that's yeah i think so i think this is an immensely frustrating experience Mm. and the reason for that primarily is because i'm not on board with the people who are like like i really wanted to get colin back for this episode but unfortunately he's under the weather and quite busy because i wanted to update the kanye coefficient thing that he tapped into (laughs) in our episode when we reviewed yay last year and I was very, I, I think Cullum nailed it. His whole, the, if, you, if you're unaware of the uh, patented Cullum Regan Kanye coefficient, it effectively is that he made albums for so long that were so strong and bulletproof in many, many ways that his his biggest critics who desperately wanted him to have a dud that they could like rain down the fucking blows on him couldn't do it. And yay, opened those floodgates mm. right, for a lot of people. And this kind of, I think, carries it on. There's been some extreme dismissals of this record. There's been some positive reviews too, but there's been some extreme uh, like dismissals, and I'm not on either end of that spectrum. And I think it's too simplistic to just say this is garbage. I don't think it's garbage. I think on no. the Kanye standard of things, it's bad. Yeah. I think the problem for me, I don't think he's washed. I don't think he's lost it. I think he's making all the wrong choices. And I think a big, a big problem with this is... Quality control, I guess, but also impatience. Uh, impatience in terms of, of course, moving things around, scrapping stuff, uh, presenting things that are clearly unfinished and unproduced. Yeah. But also, it's we like, of all things, the Post Malone album comes out, right? And we talked about how Post Malone has hooks for days, and he's unwilling to let a song run more than two and a half minutes. He might have one chorus. He doesn't follow conventional structure. 
not in a fucking weird, you know, drone way, but like you know, he's still on the radio. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't read that song's breathe into a verse, chorus, 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 breakdown, verse, chorus type thing. Okay, uh, Kanye is so far off that map that it's 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 really annoying because there are strengths on this album, and every time there's a strength on the album, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> the drums in Sella and him building up, and I'm like, oh, oh here we fucking go, and then it just ends. And there's not, yeah, there's an absence play. of drums throughout the record. It's all like, foreplay. It's crying out for some rhythm. Yay opened up that way with I Thought About Killing You, which builds up so strongly, and I'm like, this is going to be one of the best songs he has ever done, and then it ends, and you're like, where was the rest of the song? And that is on here a lot. There's stuff where I'm just like, my God, that sounds amazing. That little build, that little beat, that little thing. Stuff like, you know, that kind of weird car alarm background kind of uh, synth. Use the gospel. Stuff, on Use yeah. This Gospel, which, yeah, as we were leaving the studio last week, you were like, there's, there's a song. There's a song <laughs> yeah. that's going to be the best song on the album. And you, uh, there's a demo from the Andy Sessions yeah, called, called Law of Attraction, Attraction, which is on YouTube. It is a demo with unfinished vocals, sorry, unfinished lyrics, yeah. guide vocals, and not that's full production. so powerful. And it's incredibly powerful. It is so much better than Use This Gospel, which is what we got with the same melody. The melody is fantastic. And they ruined it. He ruined it. He he ruined the fucking... He didn't like the Kenny G weird solo that has like, just arrives out of nowhere. It's completely isolated no. from everything else. Uh, it's fucking isolated. Pusha T sounds like he's recorded in a garage on a phone. It was... What's going on? Well, clearly Pusha T, and yeah, this is um, Pusha and um, Malice, or No Malice now, the two brothers kind of um, getting back together on a track for the first time in a long time since um, Malice became No Malice and converted to Christianity. Um, and they both sound, I, I quite like their bars and I think it's an interesting concept of, you know, Pusha still kind of, um, you know, a bit unrepentant, um, sceptical about the whole religion thing and his brother who's fully converted kind of still having that bond together. But yeah, they sound like they delivered the raps over probably a totally different track. <laughs> and they've just been dro- airdropped onto something else, like a different demo. Yeah. And as you say, it's just like, that'll do the job. Like when you mention Kanye's impatience, is it impatience or is it disinterest? Is it a that'll do? But why, do you know what I mean? Why? Why would he turn into this kind of artist? Because there's been a shift here. It started with Pablo. Now, Pablo, I think, is a great record because that album is, what, 20 tracks long eventually when he added yeah. St. Pablo, which is a great song. But that album worked because that, that album was Kanye's id. It's going, a glorious mess. Going off yeah. like fireworks. And that album gave you the stop-start stuff is a minute and a half, two minutes long that doesn't coalesce into a song, surrounded by long songs that were actual conventionally structured ones with incredible high points like Ultralight Beam, Wolves, uh, Fade to a degree, you know, they're all in there. Real Friends, there's, yeah, huge highlights. And you get to have those kind of skits and you get to have those kind of like scattershot kind of half-remembered dreams that maybe are in here. But this and Yay, for the most part, are just the half-remembered dreams, the grains of sand, and they don't come together. And yeah. I just find that really, really problematic. And also, lyrically, he he has lost a lot of fire. And the lyric problem was on Pablo as well. Because I remember very specifically... You could say it almost started with Jesus, to be honest. Just in terms probably of... The did. bars weren't as immaculate, but Jesus worked because it was sheer uh, force of nature. Well, I want I I to yeah. go back to Jesus in a moment. But first of all, on Pablo, right... Wolves is one of my favorite Kanye West songs. However, it took me a while to get on board with some of those lyrics because they're so clunky. Like you know, yeah, I, I've never had great love for Wolves. You know, what it's if Mary was in the club yeah. around? There's a lot Joseph of that here. Hella yeah. thugs. The fucking apple your fridge, juice. And someone me. took a sandwich. <laughs> I like quite like that. But that <laughs> song is a masterpiece of arrangement and melody. Yeah. And then you have the Frank Ocean Coda, which is unfucking believable. Yeah. So he gets away with it. But then he took those lyrics and those kind of that juvenile kind of structure. 
and it not being nuanced anymore and it just started to spread it. I find it bizarre that Kids See Ghosts came during all of this because that's an immaculate record. Like, who did Cody write that one? But let's go back to Jesus for a second because Jesus was pissed off Kanye West. He was fucking furious. Yeah. He was outraged at the world and it showed. Now, I don't know. I've said this before about, of all people, Justin Timberlake, but it's a universal thing, I think. And it probably applies to art in general. You know, the tortured artist might make a better thing. And we've talked about the idea of mental health. We've talked about the idea of, is that an unfair thing, a representation of? And it probably fucking is. And someone like James Blake has been extremely good about tearing that one down. But at the same time, it's a cliche. And cliches are cliches for a reason. And you get attracted to these things. And there is an attraction to pain. I think there's a romance in that, especially if you're trying to be creative with it. Mm-hmm. And if you're fucking happy and content and married and living on a fucking farm or something, you're numb. You're creatively numb. I don't know if Kanye West is capable of being happy because I think he's so stricken yeah. uh, with, with his bipolar diagnosis and who he is and the fact that he is one of the biggest, if not the biggest celebrity in the world. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's a happy person. I don't think he's a happy <laughs> I think person. He is I think a self-loading person as well. He probably is. I think he's capable of happiness. I think he's capable of, of moments of fleeting joy, but they probably... And, and listen, I can't say this, but I'm going to say yeah. it. He probably, they probably confuse him. I, I wonder what his what his mindset is. He once referred to himself as forever the 35-year-old, 5-year-old. It's possible he's, he's in a constant state of arrest development. I'm not going to fucking armchair diagnose the guy. I know people do that already, and I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with people saying, like, the fact that he's even allowed to release an album during this, you know, when, 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 he's, when this is clearly, like, another bipolar cry for help, I find that very wrong. But in other respects, and this is not victim blaming, I'm saying he's brought this on himself in as much as he creates his own narrative. Like Tarantino, we talked about this the the other day in the pub. Tarantino is someone who calls his own shots, has final cut, can do whatever the fuck he wants. Kanye West is exactly the same. There are very few people in the creative world who can do this, especially in 2019 as walls keep closing in. And on Yeezus, a record that is just such a fucking ferocious shot of energy, of electricity, a song like New Slaves, he is so mad so angry his focus is channeled he's writing about important social issues he's grafting himself onto these things and he's making huge huge personal powerful universal statements those statements are gone the anger is gone at least in terms of that maybe it's somewhere else maybe he can't channel it and the god thing to me feels like a really strange character decision in a fucking 10 season long TV show yeah. that doesn't work I think he still sounds actually quite angry at points on this record like it's not all the blissful you know chance style everything is grand like he's still calling out the haters like he at one point at what is a real I think Nadir in terms of the lyrical content um I think it's on Hands On where he's just talking about how the Christians didn't believe that he was actually going fully gospel and he, He's kind of using his newfound um, fate or kind of, I guess, heightened sense of fate because fate's always been a part of his career um, to position himself as, you know, a victim again or not quite, if not a victim, someone that's in opposition to other things. I think the kind of God complex he has is still very much there, but he's kind of slightly shifting himself as now he is like, the greatest human artist of all time, which he said in the interview with Zane Lowe, and he's being used as God's tool, which is still pretty close to being a God, right? But it's like the God complex dumbed down because he's no longer making those big Kanye West statements. He's using kind of hackneyed, cliched, very shallow gospel statements instead of his own voice. And there's just no, it's paper thin. Um, 
and I think I think musically, yeah, what, what like what he's done in the past is actually hindering him here because you know, where once he like pushed boundaries and you know the brave outposts he went to where he did that kind of mixed up messy kind of almost sexual gospel stuff of Pablo and people were like, "Well, actually, do you know what? That's genius." So he goes, "Okay, do you know what? That slapdash thing kind of worked before. I can probably get away with that again." but maybe for slightly more disingenuous reasons, right? So, you know, people said, okay, actually the the brevity of the seven-track thing for the Wyoming sessions actually kind of worked last year. So he can release something that is very, very short this year, clearly just because he hasn't worked on it enough, and go, well, I'm still on that whole, like, brevity trip, but it's kind of not that you know it's the novelty's worn off there's no context around it where it's part of an artistic statement it's just him using old tricks that were once great to kind of half-ass it i guess i think he's paranoid in some respects and i don't think it really helps the art and also when i say he's happy i think it's more of a contentment thing in terms of where he's at in life you know i'm sorry but like lyrics again i mean it's not even being brash and provocative when you're saying dumb things like the reason i charge so much money for my clothes is that blah, 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 i can feed my family it's like i'm sorry what? you're yeah. not hurting you're married to kim kardashian like you're fine it's all gonna be okay you'll never have to fucking worry a day in your life about paying the rent you know like don't like i don't buy it i don't buy it craig i don't buy you know i'm the greatest human artist there's ever been that was different when he said it at glastonbury uh, during that set and by the way Emily Evis there's a book coming out and The Guardian have an excerpt from it on oh, this yeah, week I saw that in which he talks about booking Kanye West and getting death threats for it and I was talking about how she was like I knew his porn would be polarising I thought it was amazing and Adele was there and Adele saw it and I was like that's going to be you next year and Adele was kind of won over by the Kanye performance so it was nice to see some kind of positive Kanye press come out this week but I just kind of feel like I mean it's just not there anymore I don't believe it I, yeah. I don't believe him now that he like when he was like I'm the greatest rock star in the world I remember being in my old gaff with Noel Hesme he was a big Foo Fighters fan and he was like how dare he say that and I was like well he is and yeah. I was like he's, he's bigger than Dave Grohl he's he's more charismatic than Dave Grohl and this person could not comprehend what I was saying and yeah fine I was lightly needling the guy I knew what I was doing it's me <laughs> yeah, I knew at, what I was doing at the same time I've, I've, I fought those battles on his behalf and I'm no longer willing to because I don't believe it anymore. You're a tired actor and it doesn't work now because you can't back it up with the music. It's poor and you become a pale imitation of yourself and you veered so far into parody that that's such an issue. Well, would you- he needs a great album again. Does he want to fucking do it? Make Kanye <laughs> West make Kanye West great again. He needs to do something incredible but does he does he does he want to yeah is he interested and, and in does it? he need to or does his discography need it like his discography as a person, really needs it now yeah but, <laughs> but you know in that Zane Lowe interview he doesn't, he doesn't, okay he doesn't need to yeah. do anything in this, like, he like, go and fucking make shoes for a living like. in the Zane Lowe interview which was and yeah he's obviously going to continue doing that but do it in America rather than China oh, I mean, he's bringing manufacturing back um, of course, that yeah. Zane Lowe interview which was like your I typical it, your typical Zane Lowe um, you know just not challenging him on anything whatsoever and saying you know, oh, that's brilliant, man. You found your fate. Like, talking about um, his newfound fate as if it was just, like, I don't know, trap drums he's working on. Just kind of <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's a cool trend, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got fate as well. Yeah, but he did, Zane did ask him at one point um, about his passion for music making in the past and what was, what was the thing that got him. And Kanye said a really interesting thing about it was always the light in someone else's eyes when they heard his music and he knew it really affected him. That was the moment he was always striving for. And Zane kind of said, well, do you get that now from, like, making music? Are you still striving for that? 
and he kind of said like he referred to his daughter and said yeah like i see that light when she listens to and then he started talking about this like music app i don't know if it was an app or a player or some bit of technology he's got like a hand in but it was definitely some other kind of business venture that he referenced that was kind of tangentially linked to music but it wasn't his music making so i think he's you know if he's looking for that kind of light in people's eyes maybe it's to do with his family you know becoming that billionaire entrepreneur or would you go as far as thinking is this not so much like the next artistic statement is this the first step of his presidential campaign he says it is i don't believe him i just don't believe him you don't think he wants to be president i totally do i think he wants to be president but i don't believe that he will be i think there could there there was a point when i was caught up in it and i was like you know what this could happen well first of all (laughs) <laughs> look who the current president is. Yeah, I mean, I take Kanye. <laughs> but I was like, oh, like I was like, this could happen. This could happen. No, I think I think he's I think he's like a kid with toys, and he sees a shiny thing, and he's like, yeah, I want to be president. Oh, I, I want to make shoes. I want to I want to find Jesus now. Here's another album. Here's a but bunch every of shiny thing that he's wanted to get his hands on, he's managed in Craig, his life to date. Like I'm not saying that's this, a good thing. File this under your Donald Trump won't be elected the president. Brexit won't Brexit happen. Brexit won't happen. And it's like, happening. It's October 31st, Dave. Has it happened? No. <laughs> Brexit means no Brexit. I've been saying it for years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Kanye West will not be the president of the United States of America. Okay, but like, do you and think he probably shouldn't be? Sorry, <laughs> no. Someone qualified should be for a bloody yeah. change. But <laughs> the Rock, <laughs> yeah, that's he. The Rock is going to be the fucking president of the United States. Maybe Kanye can He's be. He's got like, the discipline for um, head of. I don't know, like defense or something. But I think this is probably a strategic move. You know, you, you get those Christian no, voters. This isn't strategic at and all. The this, narrative... is, this is cobbled together nonsense. This doesn't work. No, it but is I'm so but... arrogantly put together. It's just thrown. It's, it's, it's there's nothing here. But I I don't. I mean... can't believe you listen to this. Album I mean, repeat. I mean, for what it signifies, it's strategic move. I'm not saying he put it's great so thought into the content. But the the the, 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 the 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 album cover, the release strategy, quote unquote. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I'm not buying it. It's very, but it's very peculiar because even there seemed to be an album cover that was like when he was doing those listening parties. There was an image that arrived, and we're like, oh yeah, it kind of works. And now there's just nothing. Yeah. It's just there's there's no frills. There's nothing. It's so not thought through. Should we talk musically about some of it? Well, what did because, you get from this? Um, I got that. Yeah, I think he still has it. I think if he wanted to go away and make my beautiful dark twisted fantasy part two and really concentrate for six months in Hawaii, whatever, get the old gang back together, he could do it. I have no doubt that he could do it. I don't think he wants to do it so anymore. You think he, so you think he can make a classic Kanye album again? Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think there is stuff here and then stuff on the leaks. There's tracks that, that were kind of circulating that are superior to everything here. It's, it's just baffling to me how we've ended up with this collection. And it really seems like it wasn't artistic choices. It was weird, almost like Bible washing. He had tracks that were almost good to go, and then he looked at the long list and went, I don't know, he got like that Hillsong church to kind of get a committee thing together and go, okay, well, we can have this one because it references fucking Noah, but we can't have this one because you talk about how you used to have sex. It seems like a weird by fucking Bible studies committee track list that is like, the least offensive thing he could possibly release. Like he's talking. I think it fails as a gospel record. It totally fails as a gospel. It's hit like it's and it was less it's him losing. It's less gospel sound than I thought it would, even though it opens with a fucking choir, like you know, having a go. That's what I was at. Like you know, he's got angry verses here that don't like. If it was pure joyous like gospel music, the opening track. If it was that for 
half an hour, an hour. I could totally get on board with that because he does it wonderfully. It could work as like a great 70s gospel record because musically the stuff that's happening at times is great. Like Sella, again, there's a better version out there, but there's huge promise in that. Are those drums in the better version? Yeah. Send me that. <laughs> I this will. Because, yeah, like, this, this is a tonal pinball machine of an album. Yeah. like Follow God is a great rap song, and I think it's the one occasion... He's really good in it. Yeah, yeah he's like, really good He's in actually, it. like, there's actual substance. But see, okay, here's the thing, right? That's where he's actually talking about his personal Because you're talking, you're talking about the first... In a playful way. You're talking about the first two or three songs here. Yeah, and I was like, every time I go, going somewhere every, with this. Every yeah. time I go back to this album, I get tricked. Because yeah. I'm like... Actually, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The dust has settled now. Wait a second. This is actually really good because like it's all flowing. It's all going in one direction. And then yeah, close on Sunday. Sunday which is you're my Chick Fil A. One of the worst songs he's ever put together. Even though it but has, musically even, that could be good. Even though it has if, moments in it. Every song has a moment or two in it, but they don't ever come together because he gets bored and just ends it abruptly. And there's an art in doing that, but he doesn't do it well here. And then by the end of it, a 27 minute record comes to feel like a fucking 57 minute record, and you're just like, yeah, that was that. And there was moments, and there was little stitches, and whatever and I'm just really crestfallen about this man yeah. I'm just sad I was crestfallen just because of but I knew it I fucking knew it I knew this wasn't going to be good it's I just knew I've never been more sure of an album this year that would not work 4 out of 10 I'm going to give and I'm this, being generous I'm going to give this um, 4 uh, Our Fathers and 10 Hail Marys and come back to me in 6 months with <laughs> your fresh confession give me an I think this number. is a 5 Wow. It's right there at the middle of... I might be more of a three, honestly. Well, I don't think you can Numbers legitimately say... Do you know what I mean? And this is, again, it's always relative to the artist, right? Because there's musical stuff on this that is better than most other artists would be able to accomplish. Is there? I think God is as a pure song. Like the intro sample... Hang on, sorry, is, I'm pulling you back. No. That's yeah, a, that's a yeah. crazy statement. What do you mean? Because li- because lyrically... Like one of his, one of the his, musicality of it is very this good. This is one of Remove his most barren the, albums. Because he doesn't allow anything to breathe or like stitch together or, beca- or become a motif. It's very clumsy, yeah. yeah. But you can't I, say that like this is better than what most other artists in the world could do. Not could do, but I said there's moments there right here that are bigger peaks than what most people could achieve, I think. I don't, I don't hear it. I really, I, like I really, and from pure, um, from purely musical, um, a, a musical standpoint, I think that's the case. That's why I'm going to give it a five based on the grand scheme of things. As a Kanye disappointment, on Friday I was like, this is it. Like, by Kanye standards, we're into the doldrums of a three or four. Yeah, for sure. Because it's just, particularly when you know the potential that was there. And particularly when you feel like, like we didn't re- even really get into the mixing. But it feels like a kick in the teeth because this is so shoddily done. There's fucking distorted drums. There's like mics that sound like they're not really working. There's fragments of other songs. There's stuff just cutting off. He needs and to it's work. not an artistic he needs choice to work because with it's a production so haphazard. Team who aren't in his inner oh. circle. Or he needs to do it himself. Like get Rick Rubin back, get Trent Reznor, get Steve Albini. I don't care. Get someone who will be like who well, won't listen, take your shit. On Friday when we we knew it was coming out at 5 p.m. because uh Consequence tweeted that he was given the role. <laughs> he skipped of, lunch fair play. <laughs> yeah. And he was given the role by Kanye to oversee the final mixing. Which then I was thinking about, I was like, that means Kanye wasn't there for the final mix. Insane. That's why it sounds like that. Crazy. Because Kanye wasn't there. Absolutely crazy. So it's not impatience, it's disinterest. It's, I've given, like, the bare bones of these, actually, you know, like a collection of kind of half-baked, but pretty, you know, potentially great ideas, and someone else will take care of it. This'll do. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable if you're by a fan. his standards. If you're a fan. 
and a critic of music. And I will say, by the time we get to hands on, tiled to nothing. I understand that. Oh, listen, if he had called it a day. If he'd called it a day after college dropout, you'd be ta- still be talking about him because of his impact. Certainly post, like, Pablo, the man can do whatever he wants. But, like, by the time we got to hands-on, it was the first moment, and, yeah, he was kind of getting me there at times, but it was the first moment I found him boring as an artist. He yes. was, wasn't compelling. Yes. He wasn't saying anything, because half which, of it was Bible statements. Which is the saddest of truths on yeah. this record. It's dull. Yeah. He's dull. He's dull. He's numb. For the first He's time blunt. ever, yeah. For the first time ever, I agree. And I hate that I'm agreeing to that. Well, now that we're exasperated and miserable... <laughs> but uh, listen, the way he's going, like, he could just, like, have a, you know, change of heart. Please. Denounce religion, come back with, like, devil in a new dress. And we... Uh, I still think he's got all the talent there. He's not washed up. He's just making very strange choices. Look, the stage is set for an almighty comeback. Yeah. I hope it happens. But I hate that what we've, what we've had to go through to get there, Craig. My final, my final thought on this, right? He finally did the pure gospel album. I know it's not pure gospel, but and he didn't use the title "So Help Me God," which is brilliant. He went with "Jesus Is King," which is terrible. Sums it up. Okay, uh, news or songs of the week? What, what do we need after that? Um, news. I think let's get into the news, right? Okay, let's get into the news. Yeah. What do we got this week? Um, Prince has <laughs> thrown a dig from beyond the grave, which is pretty good work. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's. Um, this is interesting because we're we're getting um, a Prince memoir, which I didn't think would happen. Um, he'd started work on a memoir prior to his um, sad passing um, with this co-writer, the Paris Review editor um, Dan Peepenbring, which sounds like a kind of dirty show and tell thing, doesn't it? Peepenbring. Um, but after Prince died, Peepenbring went about finishing the book. Um, so he's combined it with lyrics, rare photos, scrapbook pages, cartoons drawn by Prince, called The Beautiful Ones. It's actually out now. Um, who knows how much input Prince had, but he had enough to um, kind of reveal some heartfelt opinions. One opinion um, in this profile piece of The Guardian that's been done and that Prince expresses is, we need to tell them that they keep trying to ram Katy Perry and Ed Sheeran down our throats and we don't like it no matter how many times they play it. I'd be gutted if I was Ed Sheeran or Katy Perry reading that. You're like, the one person I can count on to not give out about me is Prince. One, because he's... Well, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Oh, sorry, now. Yeah, yeah. And also, I figure I'm not on his radar. Turns out I am, and he hates me. Yeah. Um, not great. Not great at all. There was... I didn't think this book would come out, uh, but your man Peep and Bring was in... Um, he appeared in this New Yorker piece a couple of months ago where he was talking about meeting Prince and, like, Prince agreeing to do this memoir with him. And it sounds like a very intense meeting going to like Paisley Park. Um, like Prince said he wanted this memoir to um, end racism. <laughs> and this guy, Dan, who's like a white dude, was like, okay, well, I'm not sure I'm qualified. But... <laughs> and then Prince just goes at one point, give me your definition of racism. <laughs> and he was like, I am fucked. <laughs> it's a great piece. It's I feel like he's mistake. like standing <laughs> over like a shark tank with like a button. Yeah. Give me your definition of racism. Get a uh, completely right or else impressing this button. Speaking of racism. Yeah, Morrissey is back in the news. Uh, he performed in LA there wearing a vest with the slogan, fuck the Guardian on it. Do you know yeah. why, Craig? Because he got a one star review in the Guardian for his most recent album. Speaking of people who have problems with reviews and criticism, uh, if you go to my Twitter and Joe.ie this weekend, guys, I have a 3,000 word interview with Danny O'Donoghue <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. from the script. Now you might be like, Dave, I'm not into the script. 
why would I want to read that? Well, I'll tell you, listener, because his quotes were unbelievable, quite literally unbelievable. I spoke to the man for 20 minutes, and I came away with some of the greatest quotes I've ever been on the receiving end of. For example, the headline of my article, I'm still trying to write the song that will save the world. I promise you, this is a great interview. I can say that because it's mostly all about him and what he he's said. He's actually good quality. Like, yeah, he really is. Previously and, 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 like, here's and he the sounds thing. like he's gone full. And I'm not, <laughs> even, I'm not even setting him up for too big of a fall here because I emerged from that interview being like, you're a ridiculous human being, but I don't dislike you. You know, you're a pop star at the top of the world. You should be fucking eccentric, and you totally are. And he's so sincere in everything he says. He believes everything he says. I don't agree with it, but I had fun writing about it, and I want you guys to go and read it this weekend. If you like it, share yeah. it around. He's kind of, he's tapping into that Bono thing he without is, yeah. having written the he's Joshua Tree. totally in a bubble, <laughs> yeah. and he thinks the script are like a lot more, I guess, resolute than maybe they are, but maybe he's right. I don't know. Read the piece. See what you think about it. I will say this. I would rather spend 20 minutes in his company again than in Morrissey's crowd. <laughs> I think that's a fair shout, and we've, yeah, I would have said that for years, even prior to some of the nastier stuff coming out. Um, so it's probably nothing special that he's wearing this t-shirt saying fuck the guardian um just being a bit nasty overall what is really curious is um the additions to his merch table um at this hollywood bowl show so according to a photo shared by music journalist um marcy was selling autographed vinyl for 300 dollars a pop and to clarify these were not morrissey albums or even smith's albums but albums by artists who have apparently had um formative influence on them the likes of lou reed the stooges david bowie patty smith so Morrissey is signing other people's records and then selling them for $300. And it should be noted that his own records are going for $200. <laughs> so at least he's giving them the respect they I deserve. think in the context of what he's doing, this isn't like a jailable offence or anything. It's no, just very it's strange. Not. But people will people are like, yeah. I mean, like if you were like a, still a diehard Morrissey fan, of which people are, are there are many out there, and you're like, I'm also a big fan of David Bowie. I'll take a David Bowie vinyl with Morris's taking drawn it for three years. There's quid. nothing really wrong with it, but nah, if you were, say, Patty really... Smith, would you be a bit, well, that's odd. I'd be like, please don't. Do yes. That. Yeah, <laughs> so you're not going to get any now? No, certainly not. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about Nine Inch Nails, Trent yeah. Reznor, my boy. Uh, I made a playlist, by the way, for a friend of the show, Andrea Cleary, another nine podcast co-host a dre list a dre list as i have christened <laughs> it yeah it, it took me days to realize that one uh she asked me dave can you get me into nice nails and i was like yeah i'll make a tight essentials only playlist for you i made one my first draft of it was three hours long <laughs> is it just every different remix of old town road <laughs> <laughs> it's not i i got it down to about two and a half hours i'm quite proud of it it's really good it's on my twitter go listen to it uh but yeah Trent Reznor's is back in the news because he's finally talked properly about old town road the lil nas x smash hit of this year which samples a nine inch nails track off one of their more kind of obscure completest only albums and credits Reznor and Anarchist Ross it was the first ever number one that Reznor kind of received I believe off the back of this and yeah he talked about it Craig is he happy? Um, he's kind of he's happy for Reznor isn't he he says you feel a little bit violated you know and then you get over that and you realise it's become something else and he compares it to the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt you know being incredible it's very flattering he also called the single undeniably hooky, and while he doesn't explicitly say whether he likes the track added, it's been stuck in my head enough. Um, and I'm sure it would be if it like bumped up your bank balance that much, right? Yeah, I he's mean, also he's got yeah. no reason to complain. No, and he shared like a, a photograph on Instagram of him and Atticus Ross like photoshopped as cowboys or something. Uh, so lovely he's taking stuff. it all in stride. <laughs> what a uh, lovely gentleman. He also revealed that his stance on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has changed after previously giving out about it. Uh, yeah. Convenient that really no- fake. <laughs> that's it. They're nominated this year. Um, so he said that I got asked to induct the Cure uh, last year's or this year's, I guess, ceremony. Yeah. Uh, I want them to be inducted properly. I thought I could do a good 
good job I went there and as I was in the audience sitting there it felt kind of cool being there okay hold on now the <laughs> next bit makes some oh, on, okay all right so I'm sitting at a table with the Radiohead guys super nice <laughs> and I think we all kind of looked at it like this could be bullshit as we're there, it kind of wasn't bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck we're out. watching Brian Ferry and Roxy Music get inducted, who I love, and then play. And I see a whole arena full of people into it. I walk backstage because the cure is going to come up. I go and do my thing. I'm not sure if the cure is going to resonate with the audience. And it's mostly old industry people. But then, loud applause. It seems real. Robert Smith's happy. The other guys are happy. <laughs> I kind of freaked out a bit. It felt validating. And I want to see them respected. It ended up being a pretty cool experience. And I thought, all right doesn't feel as bullshit as I thought it was. I don't have any problem admitting I've changed my opinion about something. Because he had a nice evening at it. In as he got slapped on the back. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm not going to uh, kick him down too hard because I love him. But also, I will say, uh, Kanye West dropping the ball. It's been a pleasure to find comfort in my Nine Inch Nails quilt, uh, I suppose. And like he's aging gracefully in terms of music, man, because oh, holy is, fuck. Yeah. Like, just non-stop. Like, him and Atticus Ross doing scores all over the gaff. Yeah. That new Watchmen show, everyone's raving about it. Yeah. The music I, is. I fantastic. haven't heard the music. Does it feature a like detuned piano? <laughs> I mean, it might. <laughs> yeah. like, sure, it's great. Are you trying to get at something there? Are you? Well, it's kind of his signature, isn't it? I think he'd even own up to that, right? <laughs> well, you're not going to find a detuned. I did piano. like the last Nine Inch Nails album yeah. very, very much. I yeah. know you, you were quite taken by yeah. it. Uh, you're not going to find a detuned piano in some uh, holiday, <laughs> oh, unproblematic yeah. songs. Yeah, so John Legend has um, penned, along with um, Insecure star Natasha Rothwell. She's not Insecure, insecure she's in her film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> penned a modern update of Baby It's Cold Outside. Hang on a second, that song was cancelled. <laughs> I was there. Well, it's uncancelled now uh, because we've got new lyrics. Um, so the rewrite of the 1944 original, uh, which Legend sings as a duet with Kelly Clarkson, scraps lyrics now considered sexually coercive, including including those in which the suitor appears to spike his date's drink. Um, so the rewrite includes the lyrics, I really can't stay, baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. I can call you a ride, responsible. This evening has been um, so very nice. So glad that you dropped in. Time spent with you is paradise. My mother will start to worry. I'll call a car and tell him to hurry. Um, it also includes the line it's your body and your choice which is a lovely message so what this is this is, a bit Craig? too much though did we need this <laughs> I think it's a bit too much uh, what this is Craig is Krusty the Clown and the Red Hot Chili Peppers hey guys the network has a problem with your lyrics and then he's like no way clown we ain't changing those our lyrics are like our children get out yeah I know but you know when you say over here what I've got you've got to get and put it in you how about what I'd like is I'd like to hug, the hug and kiss, kiss you. yeah which hey, you wouldn't get away with now by the way that's much better yeah everyone can enjoy that uh, <laughs> you so wouldn't yeah. get away with hug and kiss you now no you wouldn't no. Um, John Legend um, yeah he's like quite an outspoken liberal voice I guess he and is, he's quite yeah. political. Um, do you remember he texted Kanye last year? Oh, And then yeah. Kanye <laughs> tweeted out the text. He was just like, dude, you're kind of, you know, maybe rein it in a bit. Your voice is too powerful. We love you. And then Kanye was like, stop telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, John Legend. Yes. Uh, there's also a real quick news item here. They're making a film based off Last Christmas, the Wham song. Yeah. And it's actually um, Is it written- a Wham song or is it a George Michael song? It's a Wham song, okay. yeah. And I believe, actually, George Michael gave all the royalties of it to Andrew Ridgely. Really? Um, Post-Wham, when... I'm not sure if Andrew Ridgely was struggling financially, but George was just like, listen, this is probably our biggest hit. I'm fine, I've got the solo thing, you just take the royalties. What a cool lovely. guy, yeah. Um, yeah, and Emma Thompson has written it, which probably means it'll have a bit of weight. Apparently, George Michael was attached to it prior to his um, passing. Um, he was kind of like... 
I don't know if he was like executive producer. Um, consultant, I would consultant, say. Consultant, yeah, I yeah. guess, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Emma Thompson, by the way, has some lovely things to say about George Michael, which is nice to hear, um, which taps into apparently the themes of the movie. He was passionate about homelessness, had a great so- social conscience. Um, so, yes, yeah, sad that he won't get to see it. Will it be watchable? I don't know. Depends I don't really like Richard Christmas Curtis rom-coms. I don't think he is. Um, no, it's your man. Who is it? Tune in next week and we find out who it is. Craig, the Red Bull Music Academy is shutting down this week, by the Paul way. Paul Fake, who's the oh, no. yeah, Bridesmaids guy, isn't and he? Ghostbusters Ghostbusters, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, that film's okay. It's neither as bad as you heard it was or as good as you heard it was. He's a bit obnoxious. Bridesmaids was pretty good. It's fine. Yeah, it's on he, lets his, he lets his cast improv too much and it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Red Bull Music Academy, you were saying, shuts down this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been announced already that the Academy and Red Bull Radio were going shut down on Halloween. Uh, that's uh, still in motion, but actually they've launched a website housing their complete archives for free. Um, so you're looking at Can over I just 500 say- lectures, interviews, features... We're checking out. I really enjoyed your Halloween there. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we needed some energy. The reason we're talking about this is because uh, the Rebel Music Academy obviously has been a cool platform for a long time. Uh, I didn't attend it myself, but I once interviewed Young Guru, who is Jay-Z's kind of right-hand man slash That engineer. was your 99 Problems But a Glitch Ain't One headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which... Uh, did, did we incorrectly say it was No ID previously? I think maybe I was assuming it was. I it was Young Guru, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It was Young Guru, who was a great interview, very interesting on the phone. I remember talking to him about, like, you know, Chuck D said in the hot press tent that Jay Z's doing all the bling bling bullshit and he was like I challenge you to go through all Jay-Z songs and fucking say that to his face You're, yeah, he's yeah. wrong but yeah 99 problems but a glitch ain't one the best headline <laughs> Congratulations. of my career thank you but you went to the Red Bull Music I Academy I went to one in Madrid yeah it's probably about 7 or 8 years ago now um, it was a good weekend I nearly yeah. missed my flight back I remember that story because <laughs> it was a very good last night <laughs> yeah it really was <laughs> um, but yeah like the interview the setup was great I'd never been to Madrid before you're just kind of sitting no, nor since you're, not back, yeah. <laughs> you're just sitting like 10 feet away from MF Doom just talking for an hour about his process and stuff. Uh, Tom Zay was kind of a Brazilian legend. It was great. Yeah, it was a, it was a very cool setup. Um, I'll definitely be dipping into the archives. Right? Have you w- watched any of that stuff? I've watched. No, I never have actually. No, they usually get really good interviewers and stuff. It doesn't really feel like some promotional uh let's have a quick chat it's pretty in-depth pretty good knowledgeable yeah great stuff all right okay so songs of the week will be our last segment this week in place of the album review that we did for half an hour (laughs) uh it's halloween craig let's have a visit from a ghost it's leonard cohen (laughs) may i've broken every window but the house the house is dark i care but very little What happens to the heart? Then I studied with this beggar He was filthy, he was scarred By the class of many women He had failed to disregard I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I had to do it, okay, I'm sorry Craig, please, Craig Scary day. <laughs> Fucking hell. That was Leonard Cohen, who's not alive, but... Oh, my God. ...managed to release music before Kanye West did last week, which is very impressive. This song is from a posthumous collection of music that's on the way. It's called okay. Happens to the Heart. And let me tell you, it is impossible not to think that he is speaking to you directly from another dimension. Not just because he's dead, but because he's Leonard Cohen. I think this is really good. Yeah. The, the posthumous music thing, I'm never really a fan 
but this was it was nice to hear from him again right yeah um we're getting an album of i believe nine tracks um that were kind of completed by his son adam Cohn, who um produced his last album which was um you want it darker which was stunning really well produced actually probably the best production of his kind of later work sound extremely rich very rich um suited him perfectly well that continues here um, and it's like it's going to be a collection by all accounts done for the right reasons of course his son um, took the task on himself um, seven months after Leonard's passing he would kind of bare sketches to work with he says which was amounted to uh, essentially vocal takes which is what we're hearing here and then he filled it in with um, musical signatures that seemed um, you know the clearest and most associated with his father um, his dad had said, listen, f- please finish these songs for me. So it's coming from a really good place. And yeah, I mean, like the temptation with reviewing any Leonard Cohen work is just to start quoting him. So I won't do that. But there's so many amazing lines in this, right? And he's, it's crazy, like in his, his you know, as he nears the end, and I'm not sure if he was, he quite realized that he seemed to, he had a kind of certain bravado. I don't know if you get that when you like reach transcendence or something, but there's just a kind of swagger to everything he's saying. He's like, listen, maybe it's just a void um you're probably fucked i don't know i, I think i'm sorted <laughs> but like, <laughs> listen to my words and try and reach transcendence and yeah you might yeah. think that if there ever in, is anything out there waiting for us in the great void it's leonard cohen <laughs> it's leonard cohen <laughs> yeah. and he's serenading angels and devils all at once playing games of chess together as yeah. fires and wonderful beams of light collide and clash in an incredible otherworldly setting what a beautiful halloween wish <laughs> i love halloween wishes don't you yeah my favorite. Uh, if i could have another halloween wish it'd be for new music from dan deacon here it is That's Dan Deacon. Craig, who's he? Um, he's a producer, electronic musician, um, well regarded by both yourself, certainly Dahi. Um, he's been away for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your pick, and it's certainly right up your street. It really is. Yeah, yeah. it reminds me of M. A. Tree's, you know, Recon Moi de Histoire, which is kind of Recon Moi un Histoire. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> I don't know how to Yeah, um, tell me a story is what that means. Yeah, just in terms of the kind of um, this is called Sat by a Tree, by the way. Wide-eyed innocence of the track, um, how it bubbles up. It's like a, I don't know. It's like you're watching. CBB's on acid. He's extremely good at the life affirming thing yeah. through just fucking strange pitch shifted synth modulated things. Michael Pope of the Galaxy fame is also a huge fan. Wham City would be a track that he would kind of um, have his in his DNA snookered for me off Bromst. Oh yeah, uh, I thought the last couple of Dan Deacon records were very good. I reviewed them both. I reviewed one for Hot Press and I reviewed one for Drown and Sound. Um, over the course of a record, I do find my attention waning, but it's a barrage. Like he specializes in barrage. He's like. If fuck buttons uh, have this unbelievable skyscraping thing that like reaches into the very recesses of who you are as a human being and could be, uh, but in a, a slightly dark way, I think Dan Deacon is the pure light version of this. And I just think that what he does is immeasurably 
uh, ambitious and uh, wonderful and you know you you put your trust in him as an artist i think that he's very communal his gigs are renowned for you know taking on kind of strange lives of their own mm. i've yet to actually go to one which i would like to go to when he comes on a tour hopefully next year in, in tandem of this upcoming album um th- from the very first listen i knew that i loved this song straight this might be one of my favorite songs of his like, it's almost absolutely it's great it's yeah like a bubbly expansive kraut rock vibe going on um and speaking of, you know, Transcendence with Leonard Cohen, it seems to be this song and the album that's to follow for uh, Mystic Familiar is going to be about what, well, like, the title is essentially about Buddha finding enlightenment. Um, and I guess he's going to explore that. Certainly his music matches up with it. So, yeah, that could be great. Yep, absolutely look out for it, and I'm very excited to have him back. But if it's more psychedelia you're looking for, well, Tame Impala are back, Greg. They've got a new album coming out as well. They do. Let's have a listen to It Might Be Time. Cause I finally got something left to centre for Tame Impala. Yeah, uh, this is taken from the upcoming The Slow Rush. We've already heard a couple of songs from it. I'm not sure if they're all making it. Borderline is. Borderline is, I don't know if Patience Patience is. Patience is not. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I liked this. It felt a bit... (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, It's a bit UK indie. It's a bit UK. It's very super tramp. Like the keyboard, it's the logical song. When I was young, do 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 do. Like yeah, it's that essentially. I also thought it was a bit like if Hardfoy did an editors and found a box of synths in their attic. Yeah, yeah. That's I a like shout. it. I think it's a grower. I it's, think, but it is lyrically. It's, it's there's clashy, not much yeah. substance. I think the song, like he's trying things. The drums are brilliant on it. They remind they are, me of yeah. like Dave Friedman or even kind of like John Bonham. They're just heavy. They kind of crash in in the second part. I think there's kind of production stuff that I really like and he's taking some chances, but the song underneath is a bit treadbare. Well, can right? I ask you this question? Yeah. Um, uh, Tame Impala, and I mean this with all the respect in the world, I do like Tame Impala, I like Kevin Parker, even if I'm not quite on the religious fervosity of the whole Fervocity, thing. Fervosity, yeah, that's a word. Here's the <laughs> thing. Now. Lyrically, is there ever substance with Tame Impala? I think on Lonerism, yeah, there was some... Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think... I'm not saying there is, certainly I'm just with, curious. I've never certainly with Currents, they moved away from that, and I think there were bit more into just um the bangers the boppers lonerism i think <laughs> your bangers your boppers your, ba- your, bangers, your jamie vardy's <laughs> um i thought like, lonerism was a kind of a really interesting study in um existentialism actually dave um, <laughs> really tell me more <laughs> i don't think we're getting it this time though like everything we've heard and i enjoyed Bo- borderline very much but they feel like songs built for the live experience they do and obviously they're one of the biggest live rock acts they've in become world an arena point. band yeah, yeah, yeah for sure so. and Apparently that three arena show of Maria this year was amazing. I'm sure it was, yeah. But I think that is now the environment to listen to their new music. So. I'm okay with this. I enjoyed it. I thought this was a strong songs of the week this week. It was, Dave. Choking <laughs> 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 on water. Happy uh, Halloween. This Utterly episode thing. of No Encore was engineered, as always, by our trusty sonic architect, Eve Murray, the best woman that we know. Who probably should Sorry, have been Mom. <laughs> named, named Woman of the Year along with Sarah Corkin of yeah, the yeah. from last week. Sorry, Thanks again to Sarah for coming in. She was great. Other listening corner, Craig. I've been listening to everyone's been fucking falling over themselves saying that this album is like the best album of all time. It isn't. It's very good though. Lankham. Yeah, I'm I haven't heard it as yet. Uh, the Live Long Day. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Well, Atmospheric? 
instrumentalist? Yeah, here's what the thing. I mean, like, Lancome were previously a band called Lynched. They changed their name for obvious reasons. Good. <laughs> I, th- I think they're signed to Rough Trade, possibly, is that who they're with? Um, okay. I could be wrong on that one, but they definitely signed to some kind of... Uh, hipster darling of a label and have got UK representation on that kind of jazz they were nominated for the choice prize in the year that I judged the choice ah, yes. and what surprised me was they were one of the first or in in, like, in the grouping of they were kind of dismissed early doors and they didn't make it into the final considerations basically for the the, the, the here are your final key albums to discuss I'm giving too much away about how the process <laughs> Tony's of gone it's fine <laughs> yeah it's fine uh, that won't happen this time they will be I think in contention for the Choice Music Prize next year off the back of the three or four listens I've had to this album um, I think so it's kind of like very rich traditional Irish with a cinematic flourish and scope to it uh, very kind of old sounding songs in as much as like almost like pagan sounding at times oh, nice. they have an incredible ability to kind of weave those things together and, a, and an unbelievable vocalist in the form of Rady Pete uh, the male vocalist whose name I don't know is also very strong um, I will say this this, right, the best highest comment I can pay this album is at times it reminded me sincerely of Nick Cave and Warren Ellis' soundtrack work, which is Jesus that good. <laughs> all right, I'll listen to it. At, however, <clears throat> I'm not fully on board with the give it all the stars, it's perfect. I think it meanders, right, fine, I won't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it meanders a bit uh, towards it, meanders a bit away from its kind of course before it's over for me. I'd lose a couple of tracks or at least some minutes, but when it is good, it is really fucking impressive. And I was just thinking about this. I was thinking about how, like, I actually wish I was on the choice panel next year. So if you're listening, organizers. Um, because I'm looking at, like, the the albums. And I've got a, a kind of a short list kind of in, in, in a draft somewhere. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this is going to be really interesting. The, Fontaine's DC, the murder capital. It's all happening, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, there's more to it than that, I, I would I would hope. Uh, but Lankin, without question, have kind of come in late in the day. And we still have albums to come in the next few weeks from Jape, Mango and Mathman, Maya Sophia. We're getting an incredibly strong, and I'm not one for, like, you know, Irish, Irish, Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're getting a really fucking strong end of the year on the home front. And I think we had a strong start as well. So... Yeah, this is exciting. This is a an album that I think people should absolutely check out. Uh, they should also check out Black Marble, who have an album called Bigger Than Life. Uh, very atmospheric, moody, kind of, you know, Lynchian almost at times, synthy, kind of floaty wanderings. Uh, perfect for this time of year. Really good album. Yeah, it's this was a good week for music, even if Kanye West dropped a fucking brick. Uh, okay, I've been listening to Vanishing Twins, The Age of Immunology. Have you heard of this? No. <laughs> okay, Vanishing Twin are um, a London-based quintet, I believe. Um, but their kind of their members come from all over the globe. Um, and it, this is a very kind of European-sounding psychedelic record. It's one of the best things I've heard all year. If you're a fan of the likes of Stereolab, definitely apply here. It's it's brilliant. There's some great bass lines. It's very expansive. Um, it sounds like a better Britain if they were a bit more inclusive. Good yeah, getting political. <laughs> so uh, Craig's off next week. <laughs> In unrelated news, enjoy going your going to the continent. Yeah. Enjoy your time away. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, I I'm need gonna, it. I'm gonna see see what it's like. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's no encore for the week. To play us out this week, a really good friend of the show, Elaine May, is back with a new single. It's called Heartbeat. It's out now, or out on Friday, rather. I keep thinking that we're coming out on Friday. We're out on Thursday for once. Uh, it's all go over here in Dave Hanrady's brain, let me tell you. Um, I'm a big fan of Elaine. Craig, what about you? 
No. Huge, huge <laughs> fan. She's great. More than a friend of the show. Yeah, we're, we're big fans, yeah. Yeah, she's class. So uh, her new single is Deeply Personal, and she says, I wrote Heartbeat for my wife, Roisin, who I also know, who's also lovely, uh, after we got married in the summer of 2018. It was three years after our own vote to legalize same-sex marriage, and it felt amazing to celebrate with our friends and family after canvassing for a yes vote together. One of my, re- uh, one of my friends recorded our wedding video, so I was able to take some of the ambient noise from her wedding day and layer it into the track. Take that, Dotty. She's outdone you. Get married, eh? I wanted to write a song that captures how I feel about her and remember that time in our lives. And she's done a fucking wonderful job. If you want to see Elaine live, you can do so as part of the Future Proof series in Bella Bar in Dublin on the 12th of December, and I would highly recommend doing so. She was part of Dotty's band at his gig last week. I neglected to mention how good the band were, with both her and Alex Ridley playing drums. Really, really impressive stuff. I think Elaine's a serious talent in this country. I'm not just saying that because we're friends, but I'm also incredibly proud of what she does. Mm. This is a wonderful love letter to her incredible wife. And this song, Heartbeat, will play us out this week. My name is Dave Hanrady. This has been No Encore, and there shall be no encore. Craig, what are you going to bring me back from Amsterdam? Weed. Yay! This is Elaine May. Bye-bye.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.